Hello and welcome to My Journey with MS. My name is Adam Smith and this is a personal story. I'll make clear from the outset I have absolutely no medical training and everything that I say is just my understanding of the situation that I'm in and what I'm going through. So don't listen to this and think that you can learn about multiple sclerosis from this podcast. Um, it's more about just what I'm going through on a, you know, kind of weekly basis and what I'm learning as I go. Um, so I, I really want to make that clear that, that you should do your own research about this. But the reason that I've decided to record this podcast is that I don't think a lot of people necessarily know much about MS. I certainly didn't. My knowledge was limited to what I learned from the West Wing because uh, the president in that is diagnosed with it um, and I'm learning as I go. So if you want to come on this journey with me then please do so um, and you know tweet me any questions you've got etc. I'll tell you the story, first of all, uh, of my own personal situation. And it begins, really, uh, in July of 2018, which is when I went to Portugal on my stag do. And one of the things that was arranged to be done while we were out in Portugal was was to play five-a-side football. Um, and during this five-a-side process, I noticed that... The more I was playing, the more I was struggling to focus on the ball and on everything around me. Uh, I was It felt almost like I was getting double vision, really. Um, and in order to be able to counteract that, I was having to play with kind of one eye closed or, or something wrapped over my eye um, the more the match went on. Um, that the match ended i was fine i enjoyed my stag do very much um and then that was it i didn't feel anything else any side effects anything else at the time fast forward about a month and i was at home and i woke up and the room was spinning around and it felt to me like when i'd had an ear infection uh, a number of years before so I booked a doctor's appointment and I went in because I didn't want to have an ear infection. Um, I was getting married, you know, about a month later. Uh, and I thought, you know, the last thing I needed right then was was an ear infection. So I went to the doctor and they checked me out and said there was nothing wrong with me um, in terms of my ear. Uh, they said that they wanted to, um, they wanted me to start uh, using a, a thing called uh, Beconase, which was a, a nasal spray, essentially, that they said should be able to deal with any of the problems. So that's what I did started using that and still nothing changed um i was still getting dizzy spells um and i was still uh, just generally it, it 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 felt to me the best way i can describe it is if you've ever been on a boat for a prolonged period of time and when you've got off that boat it still felt as though you're on a boat like it's still even when you're on dry land you still feel like you're swaying from side to side that's what it felt like for me so i went back to the doctors and they say, you know, they said, well, if the if the beconase hasn't made any difference and there's still nothing wrong with my ears, they, they wanted to send me for a CT scan. So I went for a CT scan uh, and that came back clear and still the symptoms were the same for me. Uh, and the doctor said, given that it had come back clear, the best thing that could be done next was just to send me to a neurologist. 
Um, but he did say that the wait to see a neurologist on the NHS was likely to be about three months. And as I've mentioned, I had my wedding coming up. And the whole reason I wanted to go to the doctor was to get a, you know, a, a sense of how I could be back to normal for the wedding, basically. And I was in a fortunate situation wherein I had um, some savings uh, and I was able to uh, say to my doctor, well, I will go private to see a neurologist, you know, immediately, really. Um, so that was on a Friday and I went to see the neurologist on the, the Monday of the following week. And he declared to me that I, uh, he thought I had migraines. From what everything I was telling him, he said, you've got migraines. Um, he said, you know, migraines aren't just about headaches. They they can have a thing called aural migraines where, where it affects your vision and so on. And he said that's what he thought I had. And that if I gave up caffeine, gave it a couple of weeks, I'd be pretty much back to normal. Uh, but he said in order to rule out the possibility of there being an aneurysm in my brain, he wanted to send me for an MRI. Um, so I booked in to go and have the MRI done the following day. And the... Um, when I had the MRI done, the lady told me that um, the the consultant would have the results from the MRI uh, by the following uh, Wednesday, I think. And, and the consultant had actually told me that he wouldn't see me for, for a fortnight because he wouldn't have the results in time. So I changed my... I'd originally booked an appointment for a fortnight and I changed it for just the following week. Um, and that's what I decided to, to do. Um, and I then went about the process of giving up caffeine. Now, I don't have a huge amount of caffeine. I know there's caffeine in chocolate, and I do have that, um, and I used to have one cup of tea a day, pretty much, um, and every now and again a Coke, but I, I really, what I'm not somebody, I've never drank coffee, you know, I'm not somebody that's had huge amounts of caffeine in my life, and my God, giving up caffeine was horrendous. I had such terrible, what I would associate with actual migraines, really bad headaches that left me absolutely, you know, feeling like I was uh, disabled, basically. I couldn't move, I couldn't get up, I couldn't do anything. I was just out for the count. Um, and they passed after a few days, but the symptoms did not. I was still feeling like I was on a boat. Um, and if I did any kind of um, anaerobic exercise, I would get double vision. So I um, went to my appointment the following Wednesday and beforehand my then um, girlfriend, now wife, because um, the wedding has been and passed, we um, were sat outside waiting to go in, talking about the questions we'd ask him about the migraines. When would I be able to go start having caffeine again? When would I you know, be able to um, do all those sorts of things? How long would it take before the symptoms would relieve themselves? And we went in. And the consultant said, oh, I've just been speaking to uh, your radiologist. You've got multiple sclerosis. Um, and I don't know whether it was the diagnosis or the manner in which it was delivered or what, but it, it, it felt like everything just moved away from me when he said it. Um, I just didn't get it. I didn't get what I didn't get what he meant. I didn't understand how I could have that, what it meant. And I, I, I think I became a little bit upset. And he said, oh, you know, don't you don't need to be upset. It's fine. People live with multiple sclerosis. It's not a problem. Um, and I, if I'm honest, I don't really remember the rest of the meeting that I had with him, apart from the fact that he said that a colleague of his was a specialist in MS and worked at um, the uh, private hospital in Liverpool, Aspire in Liverpool, um, and that he would recommend that I get 
to uh, to go and see him for a, for a consultancy because again it would take months for me to get to see him on the NHS but if I go privately then I could sort of if you like skip the queue a little bit um so that's what I did I went uh, and saw him by this point all of my savings were gone um and he essentially said you know yeah you've got multiple sclerosis now for anybody that knows anything about MS it is uh, well I'll, I'll tell you first of all sort of how it's defined and it's defined as a demyelination disease which is one in which the insulating covers of the nerve cells of the brain and the spinal cord that send messages throughout your nervous system are damaged um the they're, they're called the myelin sheaths and they get damaged um for numerous reasons they get damaged um and um he and and the clue in the disease's title is multiple sclerosis and that's because the idea is that there are many attacks and if you were to speak to a doctor a gp or you know whoever else you wanted to speak to they would tell you that you can't diagnose ms off one presenting thing you can't even diagnose it off a scan because the the mri doesn't necessarily show how often the attacks have happened so they will show what are called like plaques on the brain um that show up as white patches but they won't necessarily tell you or tell the the um, radiologist when those attacks happened so there could be 12 uh, you know plaques on the brain but they could all have happened at the same time or they could all have happened over 5 10 years they they just don't know they just the only way to know through a scan is by injecting a dye which will make the um, newer plaques show up as a brighter white than the older ones which will show up as a sort of gray um, and so the specialist said to me look you've, you've got multiple sclerosis um, and I I went in with a list of questions that my friend who's a GP had to sort of told me to speak to him about and and I said to him look how can you say that you know when there haven't there hasn't been a passage of time you know normally MS is diagnosed over a course of you know a year or more um, because they wait to see what happens and he I'm paraphrasing a little bit here but he essentially said look uh, you know technically that's right technically you know you have to wait and, and all of those things but I'm experienced I know what I'm looking at and I'm telling you this is MS we'll still do all the tests but this is going to turn out to be multiple sclerosis um and I, my thought on the matter was I, I i knew i had something wrong with me I, I you know i was i was struggling with vision he made me do a test where i walked forward just one foot in front of the other and i couldn't really do it without nearly falling over um and i hadn't been right for some time and i thought if i accept his diagnosis that this is multiple sclerosis and move forward as if it's multiple sclerosis and then do the tests to find out otherwise in the meantime then i don't really lose any time and we'll be in a position a month or two down the line where i can start to get treatment whereas if i fight the diagnosis and say no it's not i don't think it's ms i want a second opinion i want to do more tests i want to do all of those sorts of things then i might find myself two months down the line having proved it's ms but then be two months behind the curve in terms of getting treatment um, whereas if I treated it like it was, did the tests and found out it wasn't MS, then, you know, that's great, fine, wonderful, okay, that's what it is. So that was where I found myself. And it was a very weird place to be, as I'm sure you can imagine, um, because I had a disease 
in which my body was attacking itself and which was causing me all sorts of neurological problems. So I spent the next couple of weeks kind of trying to accept it really trying to get my head around the diagnosis and the idea and everything else and and in amongst all that I also had my wedding so my partner and I we made a decision that what we would do is tell my friends and family what the diagnosis was because I didn't want it to be hanging over the wedding because I was looking at it and thinking realistically there's a chance that I might have to do my speech sat down, for example. There's a chance that I might not be able to do a first dance. There's, you know, any number of things that, that I mean, I, I was really unsteady on my feet and I was very concerned about how I might come across to people. And because I'd already told certain people, my mum and dad, my best friends, I'd already spoken to certain people about it, I was worried that there would be an undercurrent at the wedding of people, some people knowing, some people not, perhaps somebody overhears something that two people are having in a conversation and then that, you know, kind of dominates the thing and people people are wondering what's wrong with me because I'm sat down when I normally, I you know, I wouldn't be doing that or I, I'm not really drinking when normally I would have been and all those sorts of things. So we made a decision to tell my friends and family and I'm glad that I did because I got a huge amount of love and support from everybody that I know um, and everybody at the wedding was, was really amazing and, and it, it was a brilliant day, it, you know, it really was in, in that sense, it, it, it almost couldn't, I couldn't have planned a better day. But I didn't feel right, I didn't feel normal, I didn't feel myself, I felt and still feel distant from reality. Uh, a friend of mine, Pippa, has said that it's like it's like it's a dream state. It's like when you have a dream and you know that you're you're not really there. That's what it kind of feels like when it feels like stuff's happening, but that you're separate from it. And that's how every day feels to me at the moment. I feel like everything is just almost in my grasp but not quite um and in the weeks that have followed I went on my honeymoon and it's funny because what I'm learning about multiple sclerosis as time goes by is that nobody can really tell you anything it's a, every single person who gets it will present in different ways and there are certain things that are similar uh, you can have a tingling in your arms and legs, for example, or you can have uh, problems with your balance. Um, uh, you can have problems with your movement generally, um, or in my, as in is in my case, you can have problems with your vision. But everything that happens to somebody with MS differs from person to person. And so the really uh, crazy thing is any question that you've got any anything you might want to ask somebody who knows what they're talking about the answer that comes back is is pretty much uniformly well it could be that it happens for some people for others it doesn't so when i went on my honeymoon i was very aware of the fact that some people when they have multiple sclerosis they get worse in the heat so heat can really affect uh, people's um, symptoms and make them worse whereas other people they get worse in the cold that's just an example of how screwed up the whole thing is that you don't know what's going to happen you know which one's going to make you better and which one's going to make you worse but I went on my honeymoon and things were generally okay I swam every day I tried to do a little bit of exercise and the only time I was really having problems with my vision is if my my wife and I went on a walk uh, a long walk along the you know the front the seafront or whatever by the by the time I was getting to the end of it I was starting to struggle with my vision 
And then since we came back from the honeymoon, we've had a reasonably stressful time. Her dad got married, my wife, my father-in-law got married, um, and I was asked to do some emceeing work, and um, there was also other bits and bobs going on, like we're trying to move house and things like that. And so general stress has been there, and stress can be a triggering factor, I believe. Um, and uh, whether that's it or whether I'm you know, not quite over the first relapse or, or what, I don't know. Um, but the situation I'm in at the moment, at things current, as things currently stand, is that I'm having really bad double vision. So the only way I can describe what this is like is if you do, if you deliberately force yourself to have like crossed eyes, um, that's what it looks like pretty much all the time for me. Um, and there isn't a lot that I can do to counter it. I can wear an eye patch um, and look like some sort of fat Bond villain. Um, and the problem with that is then when you take the eye patch off, um, the eye that you had covered doesn't really focus properly. Um, and also, if if I look, so if I were to if I were to stare straight ahead, there's a right now there's a plant pot in front of me. I'm staring straight ahead at it, and I can see two of them. If I turn myself slightly to the left, uh, sorry, turn my head slightly to the right, so I favour my left eye, then that makes it one of them appear if i turn my head off to to the left so i'm looking through my right eye then the double vision gets even worse so that's causing me major problems and the 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 type of ms that my specialist thinks i have is called relapsing remitting and that is one where basically the symptoms will go away they will abate and and calm down uh, for a period of time and then they will come back the other versions of MS are um, primary progressive, and that's essentially where the symptoms show up, and then they never really go away. And then each time you have an attack, you have differing and worse symptoms. Again, this is all my understanding of it, so it might not be accurate. So you have differing and worse symptoms. And the real pain of the whole thing is that you you don't know what type of MS you've got until further down the line they can't tell you no scan can answer the question no nothing can say what type of ms you have until you're further down the line so right now i've been told that they think i have relapsing remitting and the idea of that is because when i was in portugal on my stag do i had problems with the double vision those problems went away and then months later or a month or so later they you know they came back things came back the problems with balance balance and so on now, somebody who knows about MS would say that probably those two things weren't far enough away, and the NHS guideline says that the attack has to last for 24 hours. But the specialist said to me, well, you know, it, the reality is that you could, I could have been having an issue, but it could have been really, sim- you know, l- low-lying, and I didn't really know about it. And, of course, I was drinking on my stag doing things, so I might have just thinking, might have just been thinking I was a bit drunk or hungover or whatever. Um, and then actually doing the running around and all that sort of thing is what's made that come back um or get worse and so that's what's made it show up and now i'm in the middle of what's called a relapse where my symptoms are um worse they're showing up you know more substantially which is why i was able to get the diagnosis that that i was and if i'm honest it's it's really scary i don't know how else to say it it's really terrifying because i want to trust the specialist that it's relapsing remitting and that this will go away and come back at some other point but i don't know he doesn't know nobody knows nobody can say anything definitively 
And I don't know whether my symptoms will ever get better. I don't know now whether I'm going to have that feeling of crossing my eyes and seeing two of everything for the rest of my life. I don't know how it's going to affect my life. I don't know how it's going to affect my relationships. And it's it's a really tough thing to acknowledge that you have absolutely no clue what's going to happen in the future. Um, as most of you will know, I'm an actor. I don't know what this means. Uh, certainly right now, stage work would be virtually impossible. I, I don't think that directors or, or um, producers would take a chance on me with TV work because they wouldn't know whether I'm going to be able to, to do the job properly. Um, and that's what I've spent my life doing and that's what I want to be. I want to be an actor. I want to do that. I, I've got a good CV. I've got good jobs. And I don't know whether I'm going to be able to do it in the future. So everything has become muddled now the idea of a dream state or of not knowing what's coming next is really terrifying i just don't know what's gonna come round the corner for me um and at the moment i i've just today started a, a second course of steroids in order to try and reduce the inflammation and, and hopefully fix my double vision problems that i'm getting but when i took steroids before it didn't make any difference. They didn't help at all. And all they did was they made me wake up at about four o'clock every morning and not be able to get back to sleep. They gave me really bad insomnia. Um, and I'm really worried now that that's what's going to happen this time as well. That I'm just going to have insomnia problems and, and that'll be it. So the, the reality about this journey is that I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know whether I'm going to get my eyesight back to normal. I don't know whether I'm going to stop feeling like I'm on a boat all the time. I don't I don't know anything and I'm trying to carry on as normal whilst also acknowledging that I need to slow down a little bit and 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 live life with this disease in mind, but at the same time I don't want to let it beat me, so I don't want to give up things. Um as I'm sure some of you who listen to this will know, I'm a big Liverpool supporter. I've not been able to go to Anfield this season. I've got a season ticket on the cop and I've not been able to go because I, I literally wouldn't... I, I don't think I'd be able to manage the journey up the hill to get to the ground. When I got to the ground, I don't know how long it would take me to climb the steps to get to where I am. I'm in the section of the ground where everybody stands up. We're going to have a separate conversation about that at another time, but that's where I am. I don't think I'd be able to stand up for 90 minutes, and I'm I, I'm almost certain that I wouldn't be able to actually focus on the players on the pitch. That's a huge part of my life that is completely ripped away from me just at the moment. Um, And I'm not able to earn as much money as I've been doing before. I'm self-employed, and I'm not able to work as much as I have been in the past so I'm uh, very much kind of dependent on the you know the partnership of being with my wife who I'm extraordinarily lucky is incredibly supportive and is 100% behind me and 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 able to kind of take a bit of the slack um but all of those things are the case and I, and I think that the thing that I find I don't want to say frustrating, but the oddest of this 
is that no one knows there's anything wrong with me, you know, other than the people I've told. Because you walk down the street and it doesn't look like there's anything wrong with you. You know, you, you no one can see. It's not like my eyes are actually crossed or that I, you know, I haven't lost a limb or something where people can say identifiably, oh, he's got a problem. I, I'm just, I, I seem normal, I look normal, and yet my world has flipped on its head. I am in a totally different situation to how I was six months ago. Um, and that's something that you take for granted you know just feeling normal just feeling like you can have a real life conversation with somebody and know that they're there in the room with you whereas now I I feel like I'm just like I'm just somewhere else and any kind of concentrated conversation absolutely zaps it out of me Um, anything that I need to focus on I just I can't I can't focus for any length of time um and it it's just it's it's taking away at the moment the things that i took for granted like being able to walk the dog being able to go to the match being able to go out for dinner and feel sensible and normal all of those things so i'm interested to know where this journey goes i hope that this won't be a depressing podcast i hope that this will be something where you can learn a bit more about ms and and just the real life day-to-day trouble of of what it is you know um that's what i want this to be um something where i take you on a journey and, and maybe somebody else who's been newly diagnosed with ms at some point in the future can listen to this and and not feel like i feel at the moment uh which is a bit lost I feel I feel a bit like I was given the diagnosis and then said, okay, see you in a few months, because that's what the doctor said. He said, you've got MS, I'll see you in October. Uh, and whilst there are resources out there, the, the MS Society is excellent, the MS Trust is excellent, and, and I would recommend if you want to read a bit more about the condition for you to stick to those two sources. But the situation is that I basically have gone from being able to know what's going on with my life to suddenly feeling like I haven't got a clue. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. I don't know how I'm going to feel when I wake up in the morning. I don't know whether I'm going to be able to use my legs when I wake up in the morning. And all of those things that you take for granted have been torn away from me. And now I'm just muddling through day to day with absolutely no clue what's around the corner and it's terrifying so i will take you on that journey hopefully have more good days than bad days hopefully have more to tell you that is positive i'll speak to you when i've had some event or i think there's something that i can fill you in on such as when i go to see my uh, specialist about um, what the treatment options in front of me are Uh, And I'll try to answer any questions I can. But as I said right at the start, I I am not a medical expert. And all of this is just my experience of how I feel. Um, And and I hope that it's useful for someone. Um, And I hope that maybe it it teaches a few people about this condition and and what the future holds for me. Uh, So thanks for listening.